<laughs> Farm living is. Oh man, this is really camp. It's wonderful. It's not loud enough. Could you bring it up a little bit, Adrian? <laughs> That's Ariana Huffington. It is. <laughs> She's decided to sing it. And you know, it's like it's. I I was doing a little sort of category thing, and I was looking for songs about New York. It is a song about New York. It oh, is. you think we're done? All right. It's about the pastoral versus uh, the charms. It's of the very you cosmopolitan. Know, you know, the first item on my list was from last week's show. We never got to discuss it. Is you know all this tea party stuff that's going on? Yeah. You know what my theory is on this, Jay? What is it? The revenge of the rules? <laughs> no. Well, that certainly is one of the theories. Uh-huh. No, it's we're still fighting the civil war. Yeah. You know, having lived in the South long enough in formative years, you know, when I was in college, I learned right. that the Civil War is not it's over. It's like chapter 22. It, it's still being <laughs> fought, you know. And I don't think they will be happy, meaning our Southern brethren, until we secede from the Union. Oh. And I think that's the solution. Mm-hmm. I think we need to define two countries here. One of them. Manhattan. <laughs> Jay's in a mood, everybody. I, I'm not prepared for this. Yes, man. No, it's not Manhattan and everything. Oh, okay. Else. I'm sorry. What? The two parts are those of us who do not want to die in pain and poverty and would prefer to actually have Medicaid around when we get old and uh-huh. infirm, having known that it's actually a very valuable program because mm-hmm. it relieves seniors of having to worry about, um, you know, their last six months of life, basically, mm-hmm. right? And the rest of the country can go tell their seniors to go to hell. Right. And I know which part of the country I want to live in. Mm-hmm. See, and that's, I think, what democracy is about. I think it's as important a concept as every bit as important a concept as slavery because hmm. it is a form of slavery. Hmm. So there you go. Secession. Hmm. The Republicans succeed, then we secede. Right. <laughs> that That's almost a slogan if it weren't so confusing. Civil War is a uh, dramatic solution to our problems. Well, we're getting there, boy, <laughs> i got to say. You know, Friday, this led to another idea, which actually does have something to do with rebooting the news. Uh-huh. Do you know they took this incredible vote on the floor of the House on Friday? Wait, on is it, Friday. Is this, is this the one with the Democrats voting present? No. Did you hear about yeah, that? Yeah, that was beautiful. That was awesome. That's make them make a choice. That was totally awesome. <laughs> That's like, uh, screw the Republicans for 200, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's By the way, this is rebooting the news number 91. Oh, they know. I'm Jay Give Rosen, me a goddamn break. My partner is I'm uh, nobody. Dave, Don't pay Dave any Weiner. attention to him. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, oh, yeah. So I was going to say is there's an opening for a whole new broadcast news channel. Which would be? Friday Night News. What's Friday Night News? All the stuff they didn't want you to hear about, so they did it on Friday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The stuff they stuck, they stuck in. You try turning right. on MSNBC on Friday night, and you're going to get a steady diet of prison dramas. Right. They don't even bother doing the news on Friday. Right. And, of course, that's why the Republicans do all their worst stuff on Fridays. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm on a mailing list with, uh, Repub- with conservatives and liberals. Um all of whom are um, observers of politics and has academics, writers, journalists, some activists, um, and definitely people who, you know, are committed to uh, the conservative vision of the world. And I was I was just saying today on this list, uh, 
But I think denial is a unappreciated and hugely important factor in politics that hmm. um, seems to be rising in significance. Um, but I, I never find anything good written about it, and I... Well, what's an example? What's an example of um, denial rising in significance? Well, the other day, a spokesman for Governor Tim Pawlenty of Minnesota, who would be more one of the more moderate Republican candidates who would appeal to conservative elites as opposed to the populist Tea Party wing of the party, mm. said that... Um, He's unsure. Uh, Palenti is unsure if there is climate change. If the if there is any, he's he's, you know, he's, he thinks it's impossible to 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 determine. Hmm. So when when you have somebody who speaks to the Republican elites who's unsure, what it's telling us is that the force of denial in this case, climate change denial, denial uh, that there is anything happening, hmm. as opposed to what should we do about it, which is a political question, and I think can go many different directions, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you have climate change denial penetrating not just to the populist wing or base of the party, but the elites of the party, that is something that I think begs for explanation. And and I don't know what would be causing it. I think most people don't want to think about it. Uh, it sounds a little bit too cute, but it, they're sort of in denial about denial. I think liberals are in denial about it, But there's it too. denial on the liberal side. Sure, well, on yeah. that very subject. Yeah, on that subject, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, it's there, the line might be a little bit in a different place. In, in other words, liberals may be more inclined. Who knows? I don't even like the term liberal and conservative. It, to me, it's... But let's, for the moment, okay. just well, use I don't them. either, but... But, um, yeah. you know, the, they might be more inclined to accept that there is such a thing, but they're not willing to do anything about it, which actually, right. in my opinion, is a rational answer, actually, to not do anything about it. It is a rational answer. It, it is. There's yeah. no other, actually, no But other. this isn't happening is not a rational statement. No, it's not <laughs> rational. I, you know, I mean, I, you know, let's get somebody sitting here and one person who you can look in the eye and like say, okay, Tim Plenty, you know, what do you really think? You know, I don't know. I mean, he's got a, you know, what do you think he thinks? My God, this is getting ridiculous. Don't know. Yeah, could he be? Well, you know, no. what are our items from last week left? Who over? would wait a minute? Who? Uh, oh yeah, Ron Paul said he was anti-abortion. That was another one of those that, you know, it's uh, Ron Paul who. Well, that's really very libertarian of him. I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not at all libertarian. No. But um, but it's uh, so even he's willing to be pragmatic. I always kind of respected Ron Paul because. You know, well, I wouldn't would not want him to be president because I would be afraid that he would actually do the things he's talking about. But um, but at least I admired that he had an intellect and he could think things through and apply his philosophy to questions asked of him. And you couldn't catch him in inconsistency until mm -hmm. this moment. Well, right. I think that you know the rational answer on abortion is for number one, nobody's pro-abortion. If you're pro-abortion, you got a problem, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's pure misery. There's no win in abortion, right? It's not like somebody says, I like abortion. Let's have more of it, right? Of course, Anybody who says that is yeah. Looney Tunes, right? So then the question is, how do you – do you see the uncertainty in it? You know, on the one hand, sure, there, I understand 
that there's a life in there that you know it's probably if that that thing could talk for itself it would say i do not want to be aborted <laughs> and on the other hand there's the woman and you know when so when in doubt step back and let them do what they want to do and that's what it is it's doubt abortion is one of those things where nobody has an answer i don't believe anybody does lawrence tribe called it the clash of absolutes right and if you believe in absolutes i don't know anybody who see i said there's no absolutes on the pro-choice side Mm, well choice is an absolute well i think that you see i don't think you have to be pro-choice to acknowledge that there is choice Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. I mean, choice to be pro-choice is to say there's choice. Right. Whatever. Okay, this is getting a little. I don't think we're going to solve the abortion dilemma. Well, I think I, I think the solution is to step back and then don't have an opinion about it, Mm -hmm. which means freedom for the woman to do what she wants to do, Mm -hmm. which is the way I think. Whatever. Anyway, what's next, Jay? Do you you have a list, right? Uh, no, we, oh. you said you had some things left over. There well, was a couple okay. of things that happened. I do. Week. Wait a minute. I do. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, you said something about getting attacked by Forbes. I did. And yeah. we never talked about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to know about that. Well, this... Did you have to go to the doctor? No. Oh, no. Okay. no. I'm, and I've been criticized and attacked a good portion of... You know, enough to be used to it, Um in my writing career. But this was kind of extraordinary in the sense that uh, I've never been linked before to deaths in a causal chain and said to be at least indirectly responsible for them. So here's what happened. Uh, A blogger at Forbes who is a journalist who writes about the media, he has a a column slash blog called Mixed Media, Jeff Verrucci. Say the name again. Um, you might want to speak up a little uh, bit. You're talking very softly. Jeff, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Jeff Berrucci. You want to spell it? I oh, never to, mind. I have to look the thing up. All right, all right, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, I only met him once for five seconds in person. Um, Did you guys get along? Well, I don't know the, the gentleman. I only know him through his writing. Got it. So he writes this column in which he's reflecting on the Florida pastor who burned a Koran and the um, subsequent rioting in Afghanistan that killed a couple dozen people. Mm-hmm. And he traces it back to a report from um, what he called a blogger in Florida who wrote about it even though the rest of the mass media did not. And um, this extraordinary column says that people like Jay Rosen and Jeff Jarvis, who are new media utopians, are partly responsible for the deaths of these people because this guy, this blogger, probably wanted, was a, an example of a new media producer. He probably wanted to get attention or draw um, hits to his name. Uh, this is the system that uh, Rosen and, uh, and Jarvis champion. Hmm. And um, you see with the deaths of these people what new media really amounts to. And the title of the column was literally When Journalism 2.0 Kills. That mm. was the name. Kills. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> um, and 
Uh, Jeff on Twitter went crazy about after mm-hmm. this guy who was also on Twitter and, and engaged in a uh, in a in a verbal assault uh, <laughs> on on him and and got into arguments with other people about it. Um, I did not do that, but I did. I did link to it and say this is absurd and this gets you know this is this is abs- troll behavior, mm. uh, which is what it was. Um, but it brought out a lot of lingering uh, kind of resentment, even though it was a kind of outrageous charge. So anyway, that's what happened. A lot of people, of course, said that that's absurd. And what was really weird about it was that uh, Steve Myers, a pointer, looked into this report and how it got published. Which report? The one in Forbes or the blogger thing? The blogger. Okay. And it was, it was an, an AFP, which is a fr- the French wire service yeah, yeah, yeah. report. The guy was assigned by an editor at AFP as a stringer. Oh. It, so was it was edited not, like it any other. It had nothing to do with blogs then. Not only did it have nothing to do with <laughs> blogs, it was, it was classic 1.0 journalism. It was a, a wire service sends a stringer to an event edits the account and puts it out on the wire and it gets picked up. Well, because it's a wire service, it's even more, you know, corporate 1.0. I mean, it has nothing to do at all. Right, yeah, no, it has nothing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Which made it even more absurd. And, you know. So this is a perfect example of how journalism 1.0 kills. (laughs) I mean, not that anybody actually got killed because he wrote that awful piece. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I... There's not much to say about it other than the links to which some people in journalism will go to uh, attempt a kind of guilt by association mm. tactic. Well, do you really call that journalism? N- no, I don't. Um, but the uh, strategy of such a post beyond old-fashioned internet trolling is to speak to people who are journalists about um, fears and resentments they already have and to activate those things. So that's what was going on there. Okay, I got one for you. Yeah. Um, This was on Saturday morning. Um, I saw a tweet from Eric Hippo. Uh Eric is the former publisher of Huffington Huffington Post, Post, former publisher of PC Magazine, I think he was president of Ziff Davis at one point. I've known Eric uh, for many, many years. And um, my ears perked up when I saw this. He said, there should be a rule on Twitter that no one can link to a page behind a paywall. Yeah. This is what he said. Now, mm-hmm. that started a chain in my own head, um, something that I had never thought of. Well, is that actually Twitter could do that. Twitter could implement what... Um, what Eric asked them to do. Technically, it's doable. Um, what you would do is, you know, on their server, they would read the page and they would see if they actually get a story. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get a story, then it's a paywall. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't show it. Or maybe give the user a preference to not have paywall access. Mm-hmm. And then what would be the default choice for that preference would be very important. Um, so you say, well, all right, technically possible, but I can't see them ever doing it, right? Right. Well. Which is what I would say. Right. But then you would not be paying attention to how the tech industry operates uh, because there's ample precedent for this. Um, mm-hmm. 
you look at, for example, the rules that Apple has about uh, what app developers, what kind of content they can put into their apps. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you even had a concern about that at one point. You, there was some app you wanted to use and it didn't meet their guidelines and they cut it off. I seem to remember that. Mm, I remember talking about this somewhere. Lots of people. It was on this very show, in this yeah. room that you did that you discussed this. Um, they also have a rule that there's no flash. They were able to turn off flash right. and in the process uh, uh, not get rid of flash on the internet, but force, but for, blow. force yeah. a transition to happen, yeah. and the transition's well underway. Uh, yes, there's still flash out there on the internet, but it wasn't going to go away overnight, and I don't think Apple ever would have thought that it would. Then they have their guidelines for appropriate content on yep. the iPad. And while there's a way to get to the inappropriate content, you can't get to that inappropriate content through um, the App Store. And what exactly is inappropriate content, that's for Apple to decide. Apple decides what that is, and that can change over time. Acting as a gatekeeper. Right. Now, you say, well, Apple, Twitter's not Apple. Well, Twitter's becoming more like Apple all the time. Um, You know, for the first few years Twitter was out there, they took a very hands-off uh, approach to what the application developers could do. In fact, they didn't even really, we weren't, it, you know, for a long time they weren't even actively fighting spam. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until they got caught with a, uh, you know, a bit of malware and, you know, being uh, a virus basically being transmitted via Twitter that they started a process to control that. So they already do control it, and that's good that they do that. We yeah, want spam fighting would, would we, actually ruin Twitter if they didn't do it. Right. We want them to do that, okay? Yeah. But um, they also don't permit app developers to do certain things in their apps that they think would hurt their market. Mm-hmm. This is new. It doesn't have anything to do with technology. It doesn't have anything to do with protecting users. Right. Um, so therefore... Therefore, if Twitter takes a more expansive view of what their market is or what their business is, you can very easily see them cutting off lots of different kinds of links. Um, yeah. You know, Twitter may, in, fa- in fact, I think that if Twitter starts thinking clearly about what their business is and what direction they're going, what it's likely to look like in a few years, we'll see themselves, as I've been saying over and over again, the news system of the future. Yeah. But that's really the manifest destiny well, of Twitter. They've said various things They're that getting kind there. of go in that direction. They're getting there. Yeah, they've they, been calling Twitter an information system. That's right, and yeah. they've been talking more about news. Well, right. so then what happens when they take an active interest in news? What happens when they're not just, you know, for a long time, they didn't have client apps. They just let the developers do the client apps. Yeah. And all of a sudden, one day, out of the blue, nobody had any warning it was coming. They're in the client business. All of a sudden, everything changes. Really, overnight, everything changes. When you say they're in the client business, uh, what do you mean? TweetDeck, uh, uh, Seismic, uh, 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 all the... No, I'm saying well, how is Twitter in the client business? They bought a client. They oh, have, they bought they, one, yeah. They have a client on the iPhone. They have a client on Android. Yeah. Uh, I think they made that one themselves. They have one on the Mac. Right. Um you know, they're going to cover every every base. Now they've been very clear about that. Right. Now, now, that, now that you mentioned this. And um, they basically outlawed clients at that point. Right. Others, know? yeah. Yeah. And so it's quite possible, and more than quite possible, I would be willing to bet you that we will see in the very near future Twitter starting to take an interest in what kind of news gets pushed around on Twitter mm-hmm. and starting to have some rules about what that can and can't, what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And then the people, the business managers at the news organizations 
We're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Why were they sending traffic to Twitter for all these years? Why were they promoting it so much? Didn't it ever occur to them that this was a competitor of theirs? <laughs> and the fact is Twitter is a competitor of theirs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, I might is do Flipboard a competitor of theirs? Not yet. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have a sizable install base. Uh -huh. It's not. It's not a market factor. Uh, I wouldn't bet on either way on them becoming one or not becoming one, uh -huh. because it's certainly not a sure thing. It okay. is a sure thing that Twitter will be. Right. Twitter's already there, basically. Well, let me tell you something. Somebody told me on on Twitter about it was very much about this. Um, it was shortly after the paywall at the New York Times or meter system went into effect, and um, a follower messages me and says. Um, don't link to a New York Times article without warning because clicking on it counts on my 20 per month um, hmm. count. I thought it wasn't supposed to. Yes, this is why I'm telling you this. So it turns out that when we said links from social media don't count on the meter, that was not quite accurate. What happens is that links from Twitter or blogs or other links in social media tools do count on your 20 per month, hmm. but after that, they are free. Hmm. Hmm. And so, okay, that's a little subtle. That's, I understand. Yeah, yeah right. So, it's a little hard to explain that one. Uh-huh. Well, you might as well just give up. Anybody that does any reasonable amount of reading news is going to blow this 20 on day one. Right. I mean, I, so blew, that, I blew it on day four. So this person was asking me to alert them that a cult, that a tweet is always New York Times. Yeah, there you go. But now I've gotten... No, you know, you're not going to do that. I just lost, you know, five characters or whatever. And... But it's going to put a damper on you. You're going to think twice about pointing to the New York Times. Yes. And, you know, that's exactly what the New York Times should not want you to have to think twice about. Correct. It's really bad for them that you think twice about it. But uh, the next one, the next person who should start thinking twice about it is Paul Krugman. Because, and this is my, my Paul April. Paul Krugman should think twice about linking to the New York Times? Yeah. Why? I'll tell you why. Okay. okay. That's a good um, one. It is. Well, I wrote a piece <laughs> on April 4th where I explained this, okay? Uh -huh. Uh, and I didn't, like, think this through. It happened to me, okay? So I was on a computer that was over the 20-piece uh, limit on April 4th. you have 4th. many computers. And, and one of them just they didn't have in. a user account. Yeah. I was logged in, but it wasn't the one that had been given the gift by Lincoln. Mm -hmm. So it was a good thing, of course, that I had one that was expired so I could find out this. You know, mm -hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't have found out. So I go, I read almost everything that... Krugman writes, I read. I think he gets repetitive. I think that he should branch out a little bit more. But, but by and large, I want to know what he writes. And, you know, um, so I click on the link, go to the Krugman piece, read it. And he's got two citations in there. One of them points to a piece on the New York Times site. And one of them points to a piece on the Washington Post site. Mm -hmm. Well, the piece, when I clicked on the link from the, to, the, to the one that's on the New York Times site, I hit the wall. Right. Because I was over 20 articles. Right. Right? This was not coming from social media. It was coming from the New York Times site. So it's not exempt. Right. Right? However, when I click on the Washington Post piece, it goes through. No problem. They don't right. have the paywall. Right. So if I were Krugman and I had a choice between if I want to point on background to a piece of news so that you can get the more information about it, if I right. have a choice between pointing to the, to the New York Times article right. or the Washington Post article, 
I think I'd point to the Washington Post article. In other words, let me summarize what you're saying because I think I agree with you. If Krugman is taking a user-first approach... We know that he does. Right. We do know that. Which means that I want people to see the source material that I'm using here. More than I care about revenue for the New York Times. Right. Then what he would do is point away from nytimes.com. Correct. (laughs) They've incentivized him to point away. (laughs) And we know that he feels this way, and so does Nate Silver. In fact, Nate Silver was more uh, open and direct about it when the paywall came up. Yeah. Uh, But they both made statements about it. And... They, and you think about it, they had to make statements. They said, well, you know, I'm not against the paywall because right. you can still read my stuff and you don't need to pay to read it, okay? Right. Because you can sort of take the circuitous way around and you'll figure it out. Just go to the Twitter account and blah, blah, blah. That's what Krugman says. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Silver said he knew that the paywall was coming and how it was going to work when he took the job at the Times. Right. And he said if there weren't loopholes, he would not have taken the job. Mm-hmm. So that was his endorsement of the paywall. He says, you know, relax, right. everybody. You are going to get through. And if they ever screw with that, I'm your canary in the coal mine. I will be the one to tell you because I'll quit. Right. I mean, uh, he didn't say that, but it was certainly implicit, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to what kind of communication Twitter would, would stop, I'll be the first one they stop, Jay. What do you be- mean? Because I'm doing the Twitter without the company in the middle. You're doing words, the worker, man. Yeah, I'm working around them, and I'm using Twitter to promote it. <laughs> I used right. today. I pushed two tweets. One was, uh, I mean, they weren't tweets. They went out in my RSS feed. Okay, mm-hmm. so I did not use Twitter to say this. However, my feed is linked to Twitter. It's bound to Twitter. Right. So the the um, a side effect of everything that I push out through my feed is that it goes to Twitter. Right. Right. And I would say that probably a thousand times more people read the tweet and read it on the feed at this point, but I hope that that's not always true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent out a screenshot of what Blork looks like. What, I you know, saw it, yeah. yeah. And I also sent out a pointer to the feed because there are developers that need to see what the feed looks like. You know, they need to see it because they need to know how to be compatible with me. Mm-hmm. Now, surely Twitter is certainly one of the companies I'd like to be compatible with me. So there's nothing. Sure, of course I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they, if they were willing to support that feed format, I'm done. I don't even when have you say s- compatible with me, I'm not quite sure what you mean. Well, okay. So in Bork, everything is a f- all communication happens with RSS feeds. Right. There's no other way of communicating. Everything right. is in RSS. So all anything so I can communicate with anything that sends or receives RSS. That's right. the that's the why it is uh, it has no center. Right. Why there's no like why it can never go down mm-hmm. because there's nothing to go down. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of feeds floating out there on the internet, mm-hmm. right? It's in other words, as if you said, "I want to implement Twitter on the internet using the internet to do it," rather than implement a web app on the internet where sort of everything lives inside of this one space, mm-hmm. right? So if Twitter all of a sudden could send and receive these feeds, I'm really I'm really done. I don't even need to ship my product. Mm-hmm. If if my goal is to create a network that we can communicate on without being inside of anybody's silo, mm-hmm. we're done. I guess I, I, I'm not quite understanding what you mean when you say if Twitter could just send and receive these feeds. Well, right now they do have feeds for every user. Okay, there's a right. feed for every user. Right. It's damn hard to find and it's not a very good feed. Uh-huh. They didn't put a lot of thought into it. And I... 
totally understandable that they didn't because they were fighting fires the whole time and they did what was expedient, but it is not a, uh-huh. a really good feat. Uh-huh. That's the one, and, and also it's very, they made it very hard to discover those feeds. Uh-huh. There was a point at which they took it out of the user interface, and I dare you to find anybody's feed. Yeah, it's a, it's I, a, I certainly wouldn't know how to point. You to wouldn't it. know, no. but you know, I I didn't know until somebody showed me how that there was a bookmarklet that could grab it for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, they really buried that thing. I see. And that was a point when they obviously somebody decided they didn't want people to be reading those feeds so much, but they right. also didn't want to break anybody. They didn't want to create a shitstorm. And the so. reason they didn't really want that feature to be prominent is how can you know? Yeah. I mean, you can only guess. They yeah. didn't say. They yeah. never made an announcement. Nobody right. ever screamed because nothing broke. Right. All right. So that's the one side of it, the sending side. It's weak. It's very weak. Right. On the receiving side, it's it's missing. They don't do it. They you don't can't, do what? You can't say to Twitter, and, nor, and they don't want to do this. They, they've said that. This has come up. I can't say to Twitter, look, I'm never going to use your user interface or your API. Mm-hmm. I won't do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, I'm going to be tweeting to a feed. Here's mm-hmm. where the feed is. I want you to bind this feed to this Twitter account. Mm, I see. Yeah. That yeah. they don't do. Right. You need to use Twitter feed to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there are a couple of other apps out there. Um, and but you decided to do your own. I had to do my own. Yeah. Look, I demoed it for you, right? What, yeah. what, what, what was your reaction when I showed it to you? I have... I'll tell you. If yeah. You know, well, remind you. I mean, I have to wait a half hour. Yeah, a half an hour. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> and, I mean, no, yeah. it's, and you know, I thought to myself, well, yeah, no, I understand. He's yeah. a user, and of course, it's not good enough yeah. for him. And for I, a news I, network, how dare me? You know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I literally I like the start of that sentence. How dare me, right? I mean, well, I'm a I'm a very serious software developer, Jay, and so it's like I'm always looking for ways to do better, and and I tend to gloss over. I had decided it was all right for me, right, to have the half hour delay. That okay, you know. Know, news isn't really breaking that fast, and, you know. I'll just live with it, right? And um, and once so, that, but then when you said that and a bunch of others said, well, of course I'm never going to be able to ship this until it's fast. So then I bit the bullet, and it didn't actually take that long to do. Mm. It took me two days, three days. But to you do it. did use the Twitter API. I did. Yeah. I the thing I had sworn off ever doing, and what and as I was, and what went through your mind as you sat down? And you said, okay, I'm, it wasn't I'm the sitting hacking down into this Twitter API. I'm not hacking. I'm going well, into very approved route. It's yeah. the, however, w- while doing it, I, I I had to trip over five deprecation statements. Now. This is scary. <laughs> I have words, no idea what that means. Okay, I'll explain. <laughs> let's, uh, let me see. Let's say, um, okay, so here you're, you're taking a, um, you're going cross country skiing, right? Right. I don't know if you cross country. I downhill, but I, I don't cross yeah. country either. But this wouldn't really, really. Well, my work in cr- in downhill is just hard to describe. Uh, okay. In cross country skiing, you're skiing along a you're skiing along a road. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, you're skiing along a road, and you come to a bridge, right? And it says the bridge works in this direction, but it does not work in the other direction. Oh, that's right? great! Yeah. So you go, uh-huh. all right. Well, what if I have to come back? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll worry about that later. So you cross the bridge, and then you come to another bridge. It says this bridge works in this direction, but it does not work in the other direction. See where we're going? I crossed five of those bridges mm-hmm. on my way. Mm-hmm. I know I can't go back. Mm-hmm. I know, and uh, actually, you know what else? It's when even, you say can't go back, it's even worse. They said, not. They said. As I'm crossing the bridge, they said, it works the other way, but we're going to break it <laughs> sometime in the next three months. So don't uh, lie uh, Or sometimes in, the next, sometime in the next 10 minutes, to use the cross-country mm-hmm. skiing analogy. Mm-hmm. 
So what they've but, s- said is there will come a day mm-hmm. when I have 50 users or 50,000 users or right. 500,000 users or mm-hmm. whatever, and and all of a sudden my bridge is going to stop working mm-hmm. because they guaranteed that they have the right to break me anytime right. they want. Well, didn't you see it as you read the docs? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my go- My bet is, Jay, is that by the time it comes to that, I don't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because because I have a funny feeling they're going to keep breaking things until I go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is how you know you think the software industry is like a bunch of harmless, mild geeks who just smell bad and you know and 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 look like they haven't. No, wait! Out. Don't tell me what I think. I'm not. I said you might <laughs> think. I think, I think I'm pretty sure I said you might think. Okay. <laughs> There'll be a transcript later. <laughs> well, but I was saying. You know, okay, that was an entertaining story anyway. But you did it. I did it, sure. But you said this may not work for very long. May not. Yeah. But it would be, but here's the deal, okay? I'm no more controversial than Twitter feed is. Yeah. It's really hard to see how they break me without breaking them. Right. Okay? And Well, they've already broken some clients, right? I know, but Twitter feed would be a really tough one because it turns out a lot of those Twitter news accounts that you're following and I'm following mm-hmm. are going through Twitter feed. Twitter feed's yeah. a, actually a huge node on this network. Right. It's doing a lot of the work. So t- shutting off Twitter feed is something... So what the news industry should say is we already have an alternative to Twitter. It's called RSS. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but none of them would actually do that. Right, but because they should say... Should, should, you know, should not. I mean, I'm really, you know, I'm immersed. My whole, I don't know, I've I've had to learn how people do this kind of stuff. It, it, it will go from being a wacky, crazy idea that nobody understands. Overnight, it will be have been obvious to everyone for years. In fact, they will have all invented it. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it will happen if everything goes right, mm-hmm. you know. It, we need to get there, you know, and uh, all right. You know, however people, how much injustice there is to it, doesn't matter. I mean, what matters is that we get there. Okay, don't seek justice, seek what? truth. Uh, well, I don't understand. That's <laughs> you're throwing. <laughs> don't <laughs> seek justice, seek truth. Okay, what else is on our list from last week? From last week. Well, I have a thing here about Chris Dixon pieces, but he's written about five of them I know. since then. I've been watching he's been them. He's kind of been on fire. Uh, How are your deliberations with Chris Dixon going? Uh, what deliberations? You said you've been talking to him. I talk to him pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, doing a new version of Hunch. Uh-huh. Um, I have some hopes that that new version will be able to do uh, feed discovery. No. You know what Hunch is? Hunch is like I a do. Rec- community recommendation engine. Right. If they ever succeed at what they hope to do, it will be recommendations for everything in the universe, which is a real tough nut. You know, I always felt they should just, like, segment it, you know? Like, all right, start with something small, not the Mm -hmm. universe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because right now, if you go to Hunch, uh, you know, you get the same recommendations everybody else does because nobody's using it, Mm -hmm. you know? So they need users. And um, so... That seems to be what he's been busy with. But he's also been doing a lot of thinking. Uh, this is a smart guy. Yeah. yeah. By what the way, I'm watching movies on my iPad now. And how do you With Netflix? Yeah. And you like it? Yeah, but they don't have enough. Really? I think the studios are trying to squeeze them. Well, 
Um, wouldn't be the first time that ever happened. And when I find something that Netflix has on DVD, but they don't have it on live streaming, I, I get really annoyed. Yeah, I know the feeling. I I haven't... Um, and their search isn't helping me. No? No. Hmm. I can't figure I, it out. Really? I, want, I just want to search for things that I can use on my live... Oh, know, and they don't have that. And it seems I, I can't figure out how to do that on the iPad, but maybe I'm just a klutz with the iPad, which is definitely possible. Well, we've established that you're a klutz. I am. With the, uh, yeah. the iPad. I'm looking over at our feed here. We've now got um, one, two, three, four, five. We've got six people on, on TalkShoe listening to us right now. A live audience of six. Yeah. Six influential people. Six hugely important people. By the way, we're looking for a new editor for the local. I, I know you've mentioned that. We're really hitting bottom here. <laughs> Haven't you mentioned this? I thought you did. <laughs> no, no. We already have all the applications. We actually have a lot of good ones. I know. That's what I, yeah. th- I thought I read that somewhere. And it's going to be it's going to be cool. Well, here's one. I'm looking through my list of uh, things that we talked about on Scripting News this week. Um, there was an interview with a guy named Noah Glass. And Noah was, uh, um, you didn't see that? Absolutely so. fascinating. Um, Noah was probably the originator of Twitter. Oh, this is the forgotten guy in yeah. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. tell me about him. Well, I actually know Noah um, uh-huh. because he worked for my friend Mark Cantor uh, for a number of years when Mark was um, uh, blowing through a huge amount of money creating a... Uh, a multimedia empire, mm-hmm. which didn't become a multimedia <coughs> empire, but he was hiring all kinds of really interesting people. Mark's very good at that, and uh, Noah was one of them. And uh, they actually lived in Mark's house, and uh, sort of like was sort of like his his posse. That's what he called them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I used to go up there, you know, every few weeks and hang out and uh, got to know him and. Um, he was a smart guy, and it didn't wasn't surprising when after that all ended with what Mark was doing, that he became a protege of Evan Williams. He started. Uh, I think he actually he worked at Odeo. Uh, I think he actually worked at Google and then worked uh-huh. at Odeo. Um, I'm not sure. I, I I could be wrong about the Google part, but he certainly worked at Odeo. Uh, before that, actually, Odeo was formed out of his venture. He had a a thing for audio blogging, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of like. Uh, what Cinch is today? You know what Cinch? Cinch is a um, a service that uh, Blog Talk Radio does. It's very simple. Um, you have a phone number that you call, and uh, you record something, mm-hmm. and it creates an RSS feed, and the feed ha- is keyed on your phone number. It uses caller ID. Mm-hmm. So if you were to call in at five 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 zero two seven five that um, that the audio of the call would appear at 555-7255, if that's the number I, f- I said, dot RSS. Mm. And um, which is very clever. So there's it's zero config. Mm-hmm. Um, and people didn't like that part of it because they, they felt they had to disclose their phone number, which really wasn't true. But, so they added another layer onto it as well so that you could sign up for it and then it would associate your phone number with a user account and write mm-hmm. it to a different URL. Mm-hmm. Still very, very easy and very low configuration. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah's wasn't quite that simple. 
but it was the same basic idea that you could record a podcast uh, anywhere just by mm. calling a phone number. And this was all way before the iPhone. Hmm. There was no, um, this was just using any old phone you could find, which was really kind of a breakthrough. Um, I remember having, a, as an aside, I remember having a conversation with Noah where I said, no, you need to support RSS. And he said he wouldn't. <coughs> I think he thought I was going to make money off of this or something, but mm -hmm. uh, he didn't do it. And uh, then um, the, I think the, the way it came out in this piece was that the original idea for Twitter was Jack Dorsey's, but um, the guy who made it happen was Noah. Mm -hmm. Noah was the guy who ran the server. Noah was the guy who showed everybody how to use it. Noah made it his business to make the thing a service that everybody used. Mm -hmm. And knowing Noah and knowing a little bit about Jack, I sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Noah is kind of a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. you know? But I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't mind that because I kind of am a pain in the ass myself. You know? Right. I like We've that. We've established that. I like that. I like <laughs> somebody who believes in an idea so much that he doesn't mind irritating you. By telling you, you need oh, I definitely take that approach myself. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't care if you don't like me. You need to do this, and I'm right. going to keep telling you you need to do it. And then you're never going to thank me for having done it once <laughs> you discover that this was your, the meaning of your life. But, <laughs> but, well, people don't. Again, right. You don't get the thanks for it, but, but you get. See, the, that's what I meant by "don't seek justice, right. seek truth." There you go. Okay. Thank well, you. I didn't know that's what you meant. Uh, okay. If I knew that, good, I good illustration. Yeah, I'm not interested in getting your thanks. I'm interested in reading your blog. And right. some people do. <laughs> 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 and some people do end up thanking you for that, like Doc Searles. Doc Searles, I was just going to mention. Very him. gracious. He always mentions that. I know. Dave got me into blogging. It's very true. I was really annoying with Doc. Yeah. I said, Doc, man, I want to read everything you have to say, and <sighs> blah blah blah, and you know. He says you were relentless. Completely. Yeah. I also stole hardware from him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, Doc's the example of somebody who loves you for so Noah is kind of annoying, and so right. you can easily believe that he got fired. Oh, yeah, he got. Well, I can easily believe that he was the <laughs> one who got the whole thing going. And then there was this moment. This was what was really interesting about this, because a whole bunch of articles came out around this after it, after this story came out. A bunch of other people did some digging, and they found out a bunch of other stuff. Is that? Um, Okay, so there was this major house cleaning um, where Evan Williams decided that Odeo wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that Odeo was a mistake. Right. But it wasn't just that Odeo was a mistake. There was this thing, Twitter, in there that was kind of interesting. Right. So he decided to give back all the money to his investors in Odeo. Right. And start a new company around this thing, Twitter, called mm -hmm. Twitter. And, uh, and he fired Noah at that time. And... Uh, and he also fired his investors, and um, that was, and everybody was very impressed with Evan for, for giving the money back because no entrepreneurs really ever do that, right? Right. But now there's another spin on it. It's not that he gave his money back. The money back, he bought them out, and he bought for five million dollars something that's now worth ten billion. Mm -hmm. So maybe he was just being shrewd. Mm -hmm. certainly ends up net-net being that. And so they interviewed some of the investors in the first company mm -hmm. and asked them what they thought. And some of them said they were disappointed. Disappointed that? That they don't own Twitter stock. In other words, if Well, you they didn't have to agree, did they? To the buyout? Well, 
I don't know if they did or they didn't, but it's a good point. However, they have the documents that Evan wrote where he did mention that he disclosed that they had Twitter, mm-hmm. and he described it in such weak yeah. terms that one could easily believe it didn't have any value. It's not a necessarily good cover-your-ass move, right? Mm-hmm. A, a better idea would have been to say, look, uh, I'm kicking you out because I found this really great thing, and you don't deserve a piece of it because you didn't invest in this. <laughs> Which is true. It's also true, right? Yeah. They invested in Odeo, although they would argue we didn't invest in Odeo. We invested in yeah. Evan. Yeah. yeah, That's what investors always say, but yeah. it's usually not true. Yeah, It's usually true that they invest right. in the product <laughs> no matter what they say. Right, but it was all. It's got everybody loves to gossip about Twitter, Jay. I mean, I it's, know. Yeah, I mean, it's really weird. It's like in the news industry, everybody gossips about the New York Times, right? Totally. You can't. You just can't help yourself, right? Well, Twitter yeah. is the same way. But then I heard a really, and I don't want to say who said this because this is like really explosive. <laughs> yeah, I got your interest up there, didn't I? Sure, my <laughs> eyebrows are pointing. Let's see the eyebrows. Oh yeah, yeah. they're pointing straight up. <laughs> um, uh, Somebody compared Mark Zuckerberg to Robert Moses. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I laughed too late. But isn't that an interesting comparison? What is the basis for that comparison? I'm not rejecting it. Urban planning. He's like turning... He's turning something that has culture. He, who's Jane Jacobs, of course, is what you have to ask. Who's the one that's going to stand up to Moses mm-hmm. and say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when but you can't ram this well, highway. Through let's just explain. Our, uh, right. Well, Moses was, you know, the great builder of urban Triborough York. Bridge, uh, Cross yeah. Bronx Expressway, Long Island beaches, uh, Shea Stadium. He kicked the Dodgers out of New York, basically. Uh, U.N., Many other projects. All the the all the housing projects on the east side of Manhattan. That's yes, all. Thousands Robert of Moses. parks. Right. Parkways. Urban renewal the is whole what they in, called it. Yeah, but the it whole was actually infrastructure of New York. Was but built turns by out them. it was really bad for New York. All in many this, ways, it was. Yeah. What are we out of time? Yeah. Well, we're just going to keep going just a little bit more. Okay? Yeah. So Zuckerberg is like. Well, Robert. Moses, and that the internet had a culture, it had a mission, it was a beautiful thing, very useful, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's taking all of that and he's turning it into Long Island and Levittown, and you know, <laughs> I mean, people don't. I mean, I don't know. I we grew up. Well, you didn't grow up in New York, um, no, but I did, and I grew up in the post Moses New York, yeah. and I recognize now. That a lot of what I, you know, the reasons I did not like New York is all due to what he did to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there were, yeah. I mean, the, the city took a long time to recover from that. Mm-hmm. It now seems to have recovered. And yeah. Bloomberg seems to be a perfect an- an- antidote to him. Well, with the bikeways. And the open spaces. Yeah. And, you know, I want to play the end of the song before we go, okay? If that's all right with you. Sure. Okay? This has been rebooting the news number 91. <laughs> this is down market, baby. <laughs> These are the people we have to work with. Not, never mind. This was this was these were drug users in the '60s that loved this show. They weren't the country folk. And on that note, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs>